You are listening to the Run Duo Podcast, a program to entertain and to inform. Forerunners by runners. Now here are your hosts, India Cook and Tommy Mitchell. And we are back for episode four of the Run Duo. What's up, Whoa, India? What's up? What's up? We get more professional every show. <laughs> Just a little bit. We got a full studio, y'all. I, listen, I wish y'all could see this. We have, The setup is legit. <laughs> we started off with just two mics. Now we got everything. 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 So how was your Memorial Day weekend? It was good. I relaxed. I got a little time and a half on Memorial Day. Did some working. So Time and a half? Time and a half, hey. You were, were you in there? Because I know you'll go into work and then mess with the inmates and the patients <laughs> and things. You weren't in there, you know, causing trouble no, again. No, they was chilling. They were Okay, you they know, were good. I did my little assessments, and you know, you you seem like you might get in there and be like, you know what, I get to leave. What y'all doing tonight? Well, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. When some of them, we have some people that come in there and they're like complete buttholes, and sometimes I'll be like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Because I'm going home at five o'clock. You win this thing. That's so, I mean, we do get, <laughs> no, that's unprofessional. But there's days that there's some people in there that just feel entitled. And I'm like, you're here for treatment. I'm here to help you. I'm not hindering you. I'm here to help you. You have, you're in a psychiatric hospital for a reason. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, I have my days. But for the most part, let's say 98% of the time, that's not me. I'm pretty sweet. Okay. And I get my job done, and they love me. That's good. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they love you to death. Can't wait for you to get back in the morning. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> did you do any uh, running over the weekend? I did a little bit. Yeah, so I did a little bit of running. Just like three miles. I, I'm not doing too much because, you know, I start marathon training on Sunday. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. So marathon training is on Sunday. So, of course, I told you you all last episode that I'm trying to figure out some gear changes and shoe changes. So I ended up ordering some Adidas Energy Boosts. So I know that I mentioned that I tried to do the Adidas Ultra Boost and I felt like they were too soft. Like, I know that's kind of weird, but they feel amazing. Like, they're great. Like, when I'm at work and I'm walking down the hospital, like, it's it's great. Like, good cushion. But when I'm running, I want to feel a little bit of the ground. Like, not bad. Oh, you, you like that road feel. I don't want a racer feel. Like, mm-hmm. like flat. But I need, I need, it's too, it's too much, too thick on mm-hmm. the bottom. Like, I don't, that's, that's just like when I see people wear hookahs. Hocus, 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 hocus. Uh, when I see them wear those, they're so thick. I'm like, you can't feel anything. But I, I don't want to. In a marathon, I don't want to feel anything. But I don't want it to hurt. But I want enough cushion. So supposedly, and I saw Susie at Roll Runners. Okay. Um, supposedly, Venom. Susie's a venom. Yes, she is <laughs> venomous. She randomly does 20 miles. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna wake up and go run 20 miles. But anyway, so yeah, so I saw her, and so we were discussing what I needed to do um, in regards to shoes because the Ultra Boosts are just too soft. And so I need to back off and do something else. She tried to get me into the Supernova, which are supposedly a stability shoe because I need stability. Supernova, is that Adidas? Supernova Adidas, yes. Yeah, she loves Adidas. She does. Mm -hmm. So Supernova Adidas. um, But I have been looking, I came in looking for the injury boots, which is supposed to be a neutral shoe. So this has been this whole conversation between the shoe that I love, the Nike that I love is a neutral shoe. But supposedly I need a stability shoe. It seems like when I'm running, I feel better in a neutral shoe versus a stability shoe. Well, how long have you tried to run in a stability shoe? Like, how long did you give it? I gave it a couple months. Okay, and all I right. And I was having foot pain. Like, okay. Uh-huh. Like, too much structure. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. 
Like, so I get that I mm-hmm. overpronate, but it wasn't feeling good. And that was the Brooks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. That was the Brooks. But again, the Nike Vimeros that I was wearing, the tens, I've worn those for years. And I never technically had issues. The only reason why I'm changing is because I can't get the tens now because they're at like number 14 or something. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the ones that I like to wear, I can't get them anymore. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to find another shoe. Anyway, so ordered those. So those should be in this weekend. And then I'm also going to try Noon. Um, N-U-U-N. Oh, the, no, uh, It's called Noon. I found out that it was... It's called Noon. Okay. I, thought, I found out that it was Noon because I called the corporate office to do my order. And they was like, oh, welcome to Noon. And I was like, oh, I've been pronouncing it wrong all this time. So that's kind of like an Alka-Seltzer. You drop it in the water kind of yes. thing. Yeah. And so it's supposed to be like a Powerade or a Gatorade, mm-hmm. but less sugar, mm-hmm. less of the bad stuff that Powerades and Gatorades have. Uh-huh. Um, and so you can get your electrolytes. And then they also have tabs that are vitamins that you can use. So I'm just going to try the electrolyte part. So I'm going to try not to do the Powerade through this training route. I'm going to try to do a different supplement so I'm not getting all the sugar. So, okay. Because I remember, like, your your dad and your your group that followed you around yeah. Chicago had your drink yes. there. Did you drink some from the tables, too? No. You just drank what they gave Only you? that. See, I'm the opposite. I, I can't. Well, number one, I don't have anybody that's gonna follow me around America. I mean, Heather. That was Heather. a special time. That was my first marathon. <laughs> so yes, I had a whole squad there making sure I was good. I mean, Heather will follow me around and take photos, but she pretty much. I can't imagine her carrying like my water. So I usually figure out or find out what they're going to have at the race Mm -hmm. and the bigger marathons you can now something small they might not be able to tell you because they figure out the day of Mm -hmm. oh it's going to be water and you know whatever yeah whatever Gatorade we can get a hold of Mm -hmm. so that's why I usually train with like I trained with the same kind of Gatorade they had at Chicago Mm -hmm. when I was training for that one so that's kind of how I do it so that was a Ricky error on my behalf Mm -hmm. and so when I got into when I got closer to the marathon I was like shoot I've been training for 18 weeks on this Powerade, I don't want to get out there and do something different and mess my stomach up. Exactly. So it was more so a rookie error for me. Like some people like that was like bougie for me to have somebody carrying my drink around, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I feel like it was a rookie move. So I, I want to be able to have something that I can take consistently. But at the same time, I think that they were doing at Chicago, they were doing the Gatorade Endurance and I've tasted that mess. It was disgusting. Well, it's disgusting when you stand and still. It's delicious at mile 23. Ooh, I just... <laughs> <laughs> and it would just seem like so salty. Like, and I know that's what we need. Yeah. Cramps uh-huh. And all that stuff. But I just, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have to figure something out this time. But even still, like through this process of marathon training, I don't want to ingest all that sugar and stuff that I was doing, even though I still love Powerade. And this is the Powerade slush that I have right here. <laughs> but they have a Powerade slush? Yes. It's the blue Powerade that I love. But in the slushy form, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're going to do noon. Mm-hmm. So is that something you can carry with you? Yeah. Okay, so can you like have your water bottles and be able to just drop it drop in there? It. Okay. Yeah. That that actually sounds more because of course we're not elites, we don't have our own tables, no, right, but we right. have everything just already yeah. mixed up for us. So that yeah. does make a lot and of sense. And then the thing about it too is that when I ran Chicago, it was super hot that year. Oh, it was crazy it was hot. Really hot compared mm-hmm. to what I hear the previous years have mm-hmm. been. And the other piece of it is that I felt like I was drinking more than I should have. Okay. To a certain extent. So I need to get that on point too through these 18 weeks. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Well, so, I, I mean, good luck. Thank you. My with training, training plan is printed out, laminated <laughs> on the refrigerator, ready to go. When is, okay, Chicago's October, Seven. what? 7th. Okay. And I think my race is maybe a couple of weeks after that. And the race is literally the weekend that I get back. The race. 
Oh, the race with with Tess and Darrell. Okay. And I'm supposed to be doing a half. I don't know how that's going to work, but we're going to see. Oh, please. Get out there and just jog a little bit. Just enjoy it because you got to do the race. Everybody. I'm going to do the race, but am I going to downgrade to a 5K instead of a half? No, you got to run the 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 inaugural. I know. And you know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him about it a little bit later because okay. that's who we're talking to today. We're talking yes. to the Unity Collective, the race mm-hmm. presented by the Unity Collective with Tess and Darrell. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna be talking to him a little bit later, and we're gonna ask him about that medal. Right. Because I ain't seen no medal yet. And that's the thing. Like, I'm pretty sure the, the half medal is gonna be a lot doper than the five day. And it's the first it one. Is. It's it the is. inaugural. I'll run walk that thing and just be mad because it's on my athletes. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. We'll see. I just say we'll see because I don't know how I'm going to feel. So, gotcha. you know. Gotcha. I understand that. I don't know how I'm going to feel right I'm now. I'm still in this marathon life. So. I'm so out of shape right now. Listen. I, uh, Dude, I didn't even, you know, I went because, um, uh, you know, Run Social had the Urban Tree Cider 5K yes, on Memorial Day. I didn't run it. I just went out there, got my shirt, and oh. drank, some, drank some liquor. That's yeah. about it, cause I, I'm just. I, well, I was like I was telling you earlier. I was under the weather. I wasn't right. feeling good. And I mean, the first half of the year has been awful for me as far as training. I, I've I've have not done one month this this year where I've done a hundred miles, which right. used to be my average. Right. And I haven't done it between you know um, not being in shape, being injured, being right. re-injured. Mm-hmm. I just haven't done it. So. Uh, I'm gonna put it together for this next six months. We got to. We got to put it together because I, I can't I can't go out to DC and embarrass myself. Yeah, I want to say the first part of the year I looked at my miles. I think I had like 20 miles for one month. And I was like, yo, I used to knock 20 <laughs> miles and like <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this is how this year has been, but it's okay. It's time to get it on back together. Exactly. Yes. So what else are we talking about this week? So you know, next week is Global Running Day. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I don't know how many people actually observe what I consider a holiday for that day or not really a holiday. Of course, we go to work, but everybody usually gets out on the pavement, runs, does their thing and really enjoys that day and and reps the fact that they are runners. Um, So I think that that's awesome. Usually every global running night. So usually I believe it's 12 p.m. um, 12 a.m. Excuse me. 12 a.m. on Tuesday night. We usually run with Atlanta Track Club, and they do like a midnight run. So yeah, usually, I've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we usually take off the night of that night into Global Running Day, which is Wednesday, June sixth. But Tommy, I haven't seen much advertisements. Have you seen anything? Well, I did see uh, one was sent to me for the the midnight run, but it was on Facebook, and I'm not, you know, I'm not all the way on Facebook. Right. And I guess I'm just really confused because usually I see a whole lot of advertisement. They're really beefing up the, you know, the marketing on that. And I haven't seen very much, but if they're happening, I'll definitely be out there. But I just I find it funny as far as where they where they post stuff. And, you know, some some companies I'm like, are you all going to post on Facebook? Are you going to post on Instagram? Are you going to do both? And there's some people I'm more an Instagram person. I'm not really big on Facebook. I do go on Facebook, but not all the time. So I wish that I could have seen it on Instagram so that I can start planning. But now that you've told me, Tommy, <laughs> I'll probably be out there. Okay. Yes. Well, you I mean, what do you do? I doubt it. Cause you know, I used to live in the city. Right. And, you know, I could hit everything, but now that I'm out in Tucker, and I got to go to work. I don't know if I'm going to make that. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm off the next day, so I can literally go home and get a good, good nap in (laughs) while at work. I can at least sleep a little bit while y'all out there doing that. So that's what I'll be doing on next week. The global running day at midnight. Okay, okay. So, 
I got something to ask you, Tommy. Uh oh, you trying to you trying to um, trick me? <laughs> no, not, not I'm not tricking you today. So how do you feel? So you know, before you do a race, usually the race producers and everybody like that, <clears throat> usually they communicate with you all the rules of the race, things that you can have, can't have, no music, must show your bib, etc. Do you like fully read the rules and regulations before the race? No, it's a race. I I, I get to the line and I run. That's all I do. You don't read the rules. I don't read nothing. The only time I might read the rules is if you can wear um music, like headphones. So the reason why I ask is because there was some controversy <coughs> with the Cleveland Marathon that took place on Sunday, May 20th. So there was a run, there was there was a runner. His name was, and I'm probably gonna butcher the heck out of his name, Daniel Mesfoon. I didn't butcher, I did it good that time. <laughs> Um, his name was Daniel Mes- uh, Mesfoon. So he was actually running the full marathon. And also, um, there was a second place runner that was also running it. Um, Philemon Terrer. He was also running it. So they're running. Um, and Philemon Terrer was in first place for majority of the race. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as he's running, probably a couple miles out from the finish line, he sees... Daniel Mesfoon come up on him and pass him. And when you look at the footage, you can actually look around. He's looking around trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Who is this man? Because for so long, he's been in first place. So now the biggest thing is that when he looks around, he can't tell if this was another elite runner or if this was a runner for the half marathon or what he was going in because he actually had his bib covered up. So you couldn't see it. So for go ahead, what's your question? Well, I was gonna say so when he was kind of coming up on him, like were there other runners around him that yes. did have their bibs showing yes. that were like half marathoners? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you could tell that it was it was close to the end to where everybody had already met up. So you know you know closer to the end when there are several different races going on. There's a, there's a portion of the race that everybody kind of links up together. So the half marathon runners their bibs were red. Um, the elite full marathon runners their bibs were orange. And this, the regular non-elite runners for the full, their bibs were blue. So he knew how to differentiate the different runners. And so he saw different people around him. But his bib, Daniel's bib, was not showing at all because he had a shirt on over the bib. And so as what, what he's explaining, Terrera was explaining was he was literally looking around trying to see, if this, is this my competition? I don't know. But he said that he did not speed up. He didn't do anything to kind of go because he just assumed that he wasn't because he's been in first for so long. Come to find out, Mr. Daniel Mesfoon, getting right close to the finish line, he takes off his shirt and he's another elite runner. So basically, he passed up this guy from Kenya and took the lead of the race. And there was a lot of controversy around should Mesfoon be disqualified because his bib was not showing for a majority of the race. Until the end, like literally breaching over a hill, seeing the finish line, should he been disqualified? There was a lot of stuff around the rules and supposedly your bib needs to be shown during the race so that, you know, whatever, whatever. They, I mean, they checked timing tips, um, timing chips, they checked the mats, made sure that he actually was, you know, did the race, ran the race like he was supposed to and he did. So. But, okay, so I guess my thing is, number one, was there like any kind of weather conditions that he would have needed yes, to wear? Yes, so he needed a shed shirt, so it was chilly and it was raining. Okay, I'm done. You ain't got nothing to say to me. Forget you. <laughs> so that's exactly, I, I, yeah, yeah. So, so it was exactly. either he had to wear that the whole time, mm-hmm. 
You know it what I mean? It was a long sleeve. It was just like a t-shirt over a singlet. Yeah, he had to wear it the whole time, and he he probably was thought he was gonna be able to take it off earlier. He probably was thinking to himself, "I'm only gonna wear this for... right when he got to about to see the finish line." I'm just saying. I'm thinking he's got it on. Okay. He's got it on because of the weather, mm-hmm. and he's thinking, "Well, I'm not gonna wear this whole time. That's why I don't want to put my bib on it mm-hmm. because if I take it off, then my bib is gone." You right. So I'm thinking, because I've had that situation before where I was like, okay, I want to wear something over this, mm-hmm. but I don't want to put my bib on it because I'm probably going to shed this as right. I run. And you don't want it for it yeah. to be shown. Exactly. Well, that's why I wear my bib on my leg, like the cool dudes yeah. do. Like the cool people. Yeah. Cool people wear Is it on their the leg. Cool that's what cool people do. Well, I wear a bib belt, so I don't get any holes in my clothes. <clears throat> well, she, see, people say that. <laughs> people always say that. I'm like, where the hell else you wearing them clothes that you worried about holes in your clothes? I Okay, first off, it's a like tiny. It is the size of a string. No, but string. those tiny holes. When you're thick like me, those tiny holes become big holes when you're stretching to put them on. Okay, we getting off topic. Anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> back to what I was saying. My point is, I don't think he did anything sinister. I think he was just doing it to wear it. And if you're an elite runner and you see somebody rolling up on you, you need to run. Yeah, but I mean, I think he definitely thought that it was a... Some people were saying that it was a manipulative move. Like, he was, he did it... To sneak by? Like, well, obviously, yeah. he ran the whole race, and he still beat he did, it. And it, they both did a sub-220. So... Hey, first off, you're supposed to run your hardest regardless. They were both running. You, ain't, you competing against yourself. Yeah. I mean, and I guess the, the dude that came in second, he was like, I would have probably... At least yeah. you tried to go with him. Yeah, he probably would have tried to go with him. But you, when you see, if you saw the video footage, you would literally see him like looking back, like, "Whoa, what's really going on?" He didn't know what to do. Well, when you don't know what to do, you know what you do. Take your life. You run. <laughs> you run. Go fast. Exactly. Don't assume. You know yeah. what, you, what happens when you assume. Mm-hmm. Make an ass out of you and me. You, you and me. <laughs> so they did an investigation. Of course, uh, there was a big thing about it. They had a press conference about it, and he got first. Fair and square. They didn't change it. Of course they didn't change it. He won. It's a foot race. Move your feet. (laughs) Move them legs. Move them feet. (laughs) Bib ain't got nothing to do with this race. You're right. So, I mean, I understand where he's coming from, Mm -hmm. but yeah, in the end, I I don't think... Yeah. Yeah, you you didn't didn't sneak attack. I mean, if you thought he might be, then Mm -hmm. you go ahead and you run with him. Right. But I understand them Kenyans about that money. Yeah, and they, he was like, I mean, I would have done. I would have. He probably was like, I probably would have picked up. And then of course, when they did the interview with him, they were like, Well, do you know this guy? And he was like, Yeah, he won Indy. He he won um the Indy Mini. Mm-hmm. He's like, Well, if you know that he's an elite runner, like then, regardless, yeah, if he's an if he's an elite running at the runner at the Indy Mini, like obviously he's going to be an elite runner. Yeah, in Cleveland. Like, exactly. So I think that that kind of. That's why people are like, well, you, yeah, you, you should have known who he was. Yeah, you should have known. Yeah, these, these, this running stuff, I tell you, You it should be so simple. It should be so simple, but I just literally, and then if you were to like read all the comments and stuff that people say and like why he should have been disqualified and why he won it fair and square, like it was just, it was, it was very interesting to say (laughs) the least. But I mean, I think he won it fair and square. I think he should have had his bib showing, but I understand when you have shed clothes on, things like that. I mean, it happens. Yeah. I mean, when I wear my race belt, sometimes my bib crunches up and you can't see what the numbers are. Like, by the time you get through the race, you don't care about that bib. Exactly. You're just trying to finish. (laughs) And you got your timing chip wrapped around your shoe or something. You know what I mean? Around your your, um, shoestrings, but that's it. Yeah, so. take, take, take your second place and be happy. Right. Do you, you said, okay, so your running shoes, do you try to, do you look at the elites? Like when you get up and watch these races, do you watch what the elites do? Do oh, you try to, to copy them, that sort of um, thing? Um, I won't say copying. Okay. No, but I do, I check gear. Yeah. Yeah, I see what's going on with gear. I see if they talk about their energy drinks and things of that nature. I do try to do that. 
Um, and usually if there's a lot of hype around mm-hmm. the type of gear that they're wearing, I know who's usually sponsored by which company and things of that nature. So, yeah, I do check those, I think. Okay. But now, I don't say copy. You wouldn't say copy? No, I'm not. Emulate? No. <laughs> Maybe looking good as I'm running. Oh my god! But other than that, like I'm not on that level. Yet. Well, I, I emulate them because honestly, like when I run, I run with my watch backwards, like with the face facing up. I can't stand that. That bothers me so much. Are you kidding? It makes so much sense. It probably makes a lot of sense, but it is annoying to me. Okay, think about when you're running. And mm-hmm. I got this from a young lady that was running in the Olympics mm-hmm. when it was in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And I saw her running, and she was looking at her watch, and she kept doing this. Mm-hmm. Which makes that is so such, much it's such a mu- It's so much of an easier move. Your wrist exactly. It's, you can just do it like this. Yeah. Whereas when you have to flip you it like... Flip your arm exactly. Your yeah, I get it. And, and that, that's just to let you know, that's one of the things I emulated. Okay. But, I mean, to me, like you were talking about gear. Yeah. Like, I don't believe we can actually get the gear... That the elites wear, even Not like right. your boy, your Not boy. Right well, I don't even like everybody. What's what's the shoe Nike's the making? Vaporflies. The Vaporfly. Honestly, that that is not the shoe that that uh, Kipchoge wears. I guarantee no, no, you. it's not. They they have they have separate ones. Exactly. And the ones they gave to the mainstream people mm-hmm. are definitely different. They they acknowledge that. Like well, even different. but let's not even talk about Nike. Let's talk about Meb and Skechers. You yeah. think Meb goes into a to a Skechers and be like, hey, I'm gonna need give me oh, give me two of those. Yeah. Right. I got a race this weekend. <laughs> These are custom yeah, made. Exactly. He gets they're custom, custom made. They're they custom. Special insoles. They exactly. It's yeah. very hard for us to get stuff that elites have. Mm-hmm. But there is a drink that is out, and and a lot of people don't know about it. I heard about it because um, Kipchoge drinks it. Mm-hmm. He used it in the Breaking Two. He used it um, when he was in Berlin. Um, it's it's from Sweden, and so Kipchoge, Bekele, uh, Galen Rupp. Desiree Linden, the person that won uh, run Boston, mm-hmm. they all use this drink, but they don't get paid for endorsement. The only thing that they get is free drink, mm-hmm. and they give uh, the company the right to use their picture. Right. But yes. the, the huh? They're not getting paid yet. Well, the, this is what the company said. They okay. said instead of spending money paying all these you know, endorsement fees mm-hmm. for, you know, like Gatorade pays for, you know, uh, LeBron and all that kind of stuff. They'd rather take that money and spend it on the science. Okay. And this, the thing about this one is, it is more carbs. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, when I read that, I was like, well, I didn't think that was the way to go with the more carbs. But, but you need to break down your glycogen in order to get more energy, so more carbs. Like carb loading. Instead of food, it would be a drink. Look how science is. Listen. Ooh, you girl, that girl kicked that science on me. I know a little something. She kicked that science quick. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll have to talk about but, that. Carb loading. So it'll be a, in a drink, in a drink. instead of food. Well, know? they say it's, it's a more of a, a neutral taste because a lot, so they say a lot of the elites like it. Um, it's a dry mix, comes in two different forms. It comes in the 160 or the 320. So the mm-hmm. 160 has 40. Um, grams of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. The 320 comes in 8 grams of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So the 160 and 320, what it means is the calories. Oh, okay. That's exactly what it's telling you. Mm-hmm. And they say it's available now in specialty stores. So if you're one of those people that like to, to stay on top, I might have to check that out. you might have to go check it out. Right. Now, the only thing is, once again, we go back to, because I try to stick with something that I know I can get a hold of right. during the race. Of course. You can't, you're not going to uh, Well, I mean, it's a, it's a dry mix, so, you know, maybe I can do something to try to get some, but I, I don't see how I can get that during a marathon, No, you personally. have to, like, hack it with you or whatever. 
or put it in oh, your yeah. little. But I mean, I don't know. You know, even those little things on your sides is probably not enough. Maybe I can and commit. I don't even like to carry too many of those. Like you have, you see people that have like five bottles wrapped on them. I'm like that's extra. Dude, like that's, I can't do that. How many how many gels do you take during a, a a race? I actually don't do gels anymore. I do the cubes. So the chews, the little blocks, oh okay, so I shouldn't say cubes, the little blocks, okay, the cliff blocks uh-huh. is what I use now because the gels make my stomach bother. Um, so I actually do the actual blocks, and so those blocks I do probably like a pack. A full pack and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just depending. I mean, see, I got away from the. I tried the blocks and I did. I stopped using them because you're not a big chewer. Is well, it, it was cold that day, so it were oh, they were hard. That's the best thing to suck on them and let them soften up. I will choke to death trying to <laughs> suck on a damn cube while I'm trying to run. But I guess you know what you just, you. I guess you're correct with instead of doing. I guess you could do that mix. Right. Instead of doing the, the the goo. Because the goo is a bunch of carbohydrates. Yeah, but the thing about it is, well, I don't, I wouldn't take it at that, though. Like, is it, is it supposed to be, like, a carb-loading type thing, or is it supposed to be during It's supposed to be race? during the race. It's supposed to be so doing... it's supposed to be your nutrition during the race. Yeah. Because when I think about, like, what I just said about the carbs, you uh-huh. see you're supposed to carb-load prior to the race. And, you know, but this is so funny, because you will see people, it's, like, infamous that people carb-load the night before a race, Right. Which yeah. scientifically, you actually supposed to carb load three, four, two, yeah, yeah, two yeah, three days yeah, before you do it. So I, technically, yeah. it's twenty four hours. So take, so say if my, my for Chicago, if my race is on Sunday in the morning, mm-hmm. I should be carb loading Saturday morning for breakfast. So my breakfast on Saturday morning should be the potatoes and the pancakes and all that stuff. It shouldn't be the night before because your body is not breaking down the glycogen quick enough to be used as fuel. It will a little bit, but not enough. Mm-hmm. So, so when I think about that, like if it's supposed to be carbs and you're supposed to get it, like of course you're supposed to get some carbs with your drinks and stuff. But if they want to use it for that factor, you probably have to do it before. So I wonder how how they are using it, using it. Well, I mean, I know um, they like in the article they were showing pictures of like Galen Rupp picking it up, using okay. you know in a, in a race I practicing picking it up. Yeah. Now, uh, okay, we're getting close. We got we got our guests holding. Mm-hmm. So we get ready to talk to. The Unity Collective, the race, the race, Tess and Darrell. Yes, which is going to be an amazing race coming up here in October. All right, guys, sit back. We're going to talk to them soon. All right. And we're back with the run duo in India. Hey, hey, yes. We got some great guests on here. Amazing people. Two people that I actually really look up to in the running community. Really? You look yes. up to somebody in the running community? Of course. Okay, okay. I have to stalk people every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are the, the, the race director and the race visionary mm-hmm. for the race presented by the Unity Collective. Yes, yes, yes. That is coming up here in October here in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's Tess Sobo Meehan Marshall and Darrell Patterson. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I've been wanting to talk to you guys about this for a while, ever since the uh, Kickstarter started. Um, I've been excited. I I always wanted to say, um, because when you first, when you guys first started, you had those shirts that said Dreamer, Doer. And that's exactly how I felt when you guys first came out with it, Mm -hmm. because I was like, I think every runner, every, at least every African-American runner in Atlanta at one time has thought, man, I would love to do my own (laughs) race. And you are with the way you guys have set this up, you're giving everybody an opportunity to to feel like they're part of putting this race on. Right. But Tommy, are you a backer though? 
Were you a backer from the I Kickstarter? I was the first hundred backer. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yes, he, he was. Listen, he over here <laughs> hype. I just wanted to make sure he was a backer, guys, because I know I'm a backer. I wasn't in the first 100, but I'm a backer. So I just wanted to make sure. Don't throw shade if you ain't in the first 100. Don't throw shade. Okay, so. All, all backers matter, India. Yes, we do. Now, um, I did have, uh, my, my first thing I want to start with, since the Kickstarter ended, first off, how much, in the end, how much did you guys end up raising with the Kickstarter? Um, it was a total of about 77000 but um, just keep in mind that is basically pledges that went towards race registration, so it wasn't, it wasn't a fundraiser, it was a concept backing um, raiser, really. Um, the, you know, I would say about 90% of the people who pledged, pledged at the level where their reward was a race registration for the race, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was about seventy seven. I think it was around 77,000 was the final number. That's amazing. Which was about 700 backers total. Now, Tess, um, I'm going to direct this to you. Um, since the end of the Kickstarter, what, because I know you guys did um, some some press. Um, I, I listened to a couple of podcasts that you were on. Um, since that Kickstarter ended, what has happened? What, what has gone on with the race since then? Well, um, we hit the ground running on January 1st. Um, just getting things ready for registration. We opened registration on January 15th, Martin Luther King Day, um, and really have just been just trying to put all the pieces, the dozens and dozens of pieces that you have to put together to put on a half marathon. Um, we have um, a team of about 20, 20 folks that are um, helping with several aspects of the race. Um, we meet monthly, and I mean, I can't believe we, we've already had five meetings, um, uh-huh. and the race is in four months, y'all, so uh-huh. <laughs> the time is flying by, um, but, you know, everything from getting um, sponsorship to setting up our vendors to um, marketing, obviously, um, you know, keeping people um, excited about it, um, making people aware um, you know, getting, uh, I mean, all the little things like t-shirts and, and bibs and medals, we haven't even gotten started with that yet. So, I mean, just the logistical things, the route itself, getting the route, getting the medical plan. I mean, the list goes on. So it's, it's a, a there's work every day to be done on this race. Now, Tess, um, is the route completely mapped out? Cause I see you've been doing the previews. Um, you're up to mm-hmm. the third one that you're getting ready to do. Uh, is that this weekend, I think you said? Or I think I saw um, somewhere? No, it's on, that was on June 23rd. Okay, June 23rd. Yes, so that's exactly. the third one. Is that, so is the route completely mapped out at this point, or are you still tweaking it? We're still tweaking it. Um, I mean, it's pretty pretty firm, but we're still tweaking it. Um, we've gone through the permit process from the city of Atlanta. Um, we will uh, certify it once it's, it's finalized, but... Um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a great route running through some some neighborhoods that we haven't seen runners run through in any other race in Atlanta, and it, it's really going to be a cool route. Now, Darrell, being the head visionary mm-hmm. of the uh, of the race, in your opinion, or as far as you've gotten in, in it now, is it is it living up to your expectations as far as how much work goes into it? Is it pretty much what you thought? Is it is it coming together the way you thought it would as far as what you're expecting to do on that weekend? Yes, it's it's, it's definitely coming together the way the way I envisioned it. Um, because we're you know we're kind of approaching this thing on two fronts, like Tess alluded to. 
this course is going to run through neighborhoods that are typically not exposed to road races um, or organized running events. Uh, a large percentage of the races that take place in Atlanta are north of 20 or east of the connector. Uh, so we're going to be in southwest Atlanta. And so what we've been able to do so far and something that we all really wanted to focus on is making sure that we made our presence felt within those communities. So as you mentioned, the community runs, we've been out there uh, serving in the community, running through that community, uh, having the communities become accustomed to us, even as we bring runners that are not accustomed to those communities. And, and so it becomes a mutually beneficial relationship which is truly the basis of the vision I had, which is that running has done such a wonderful thing for me and the people I know that it's, it should be exposed to communities that are not currently being exposed to it. Yeah, I do. I definitely appreciate that. I mean, I must admit when I ran uh, Savannah and I, and I, you guys know Mark Monroe. Um, I actually, we ran the Savannah marathon together and Savannah takes you through some, african-american communities and it was great to see you know people of color out there cheering it goes down and goes into savannah state mm -hmm. um which is an african-american or hbcu and you see all the the, the african-american kids out there so i definitely understand that and i really am looking forward to being able to do run through those kind of communities here in atlanta as well um now this is kind of a question for both of you i guess and you can kind of decide who wants to go first with this because I, I Tess, and i think Darrell, i think you talked about it as well your elevator pitch for this race how, how do you when, when somebody like when somebody sees a shirt because i've been stopped when i've had my the race shirt on um not only but stopped by other runners but stopped by the police because they're like what what is that but um <laughs> when i've had my uh shirt on i've been stopped and people ask me because it's a very interesting shirt because mm -hmm. if you don't know what it is you might think it's something completely different and i explained to him well it's a race that's coming up that is you know primarily uh being supported by african-american businesses community um something that you know that we really need what what is your elevator pitch and either one of you who want to answer that y'all kind of decide amongst yourselves that want to answer that what is your elevator pitch when you're talking to people about this well you go first <laughs> sure um my elevator pitch uh is, is adjusted depending on who i'm speaking to um but the crux of it is that um this is going to be a half marathon weekend event taking place in southwest atlanta exposing communities to a road race that are not used to seeing a road race and exposing runners from outside of that community to all the beautiful things that are happening in that community. Uh, this race is being organized by, directed by, planned by, and put together by a group of African-Americans. And we are very intentional about benefiting African-American communities because we believe that every community deserves to be served and every community can benefit from running. And right now we are putting a concerted effort into reaching a community that we believe is underserved. Mm -hmm. So we're looking for everyone that wants to expose this, the wonderful sport of running and all the benefits that it has um, to join us and partner with us as, as we put together this event. Something to that effect. That was really good, Darrell. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> really, really Thank good. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. So yes, thank you. Usually 
when someone asks me, I just take a recording of Darrell and push play. And, uh, <laughs> right. <walk> away, so. <laughs> Darrell, your, nick, I, your nickname is The Professor. I, right. From here on, you're always going to be The Professor to me. Go ahead, Tess. Yeah. I'm well, sorry. I, I, I call him the Martin of the running community. He's the Martin to me because when he speaks, you're like, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, um, similar um, to what Darrell said, you know, it does vary based on who you're kind of who you're talking to. And not because there's different. I mean, I think there's different um, things that will appeal and, and tug at the heartstrings of, of certain groups. So, um, but you know, my kind of overarching theme to my elevator pitch is, you know, we are intentionally supporting Black-owned businesses, neighborhoods, charities with this event. Um, mm-hmm. um, and you know, one thing that we definitely have been working very, very hard to do is get the support of small black owned businesses as well as some of these um, kind of successful corporate businesses that are here in Atlanta. And when I talk to them, you know, I tell them, Hey, you know, when you think about Peachtree road race, you think uh, obviously AJC is a title sponsor. You think about Delta, you think about home Depot, you think about Grady, you know, they come in mass and support these, uh, the Peachtree road race. And we want our kind of group of legacy sponsors that are successful black-owned businesses. So we've approached um, companies such as H.J. Russell and Company, Citizens Trust, Wade Ford, um, and and a a couple of other kind of notable black-owned businesses that have have prominent success in the Atlanta metro area and and in the the country. So that's been a big elevator pitch for us to get that support, and also the small businesses, too, that are at the heart of the communities that we're running through. So. Mm -hmm. Um, it's fun, and, and Tommy, I you know, that shirt. I'm telling you, yeah, I was wearing it yesterday, and no less than three people just driving by. They come to the stop sign, they see you, like, oh, that's a cool shirt. Like everyone comments about the shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a really good design. Yeah, yeah. I, I told you. I think I told you this, Tess. I, when I was in Birmingham for the Mercedes, we I, I, I did the uh, marathon relay. Um, a, a, a young lady like literally almost knocked me down. You know Tess. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 we know yes. Tess. I know Tess. Yes, <laughs> that race. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna run through parts of Atlanta I've never seen before. Yeah. She was really excited. I wish I would have gotten a name now, but it was just really nice to see because you know she was a Caucasian woman, but it was nice to see that it's not just African American people that right. are excited about this race you know it's people in general that are excited about this race and i think runners no matter what color you are if you put on a good event they're going to appreciate it right right anybody can come out oh absolutely yeah so Darrell, i had a quick question Darrell, how long has this been brewing kind of for both of you all but Darrell, i guess first like how long has this idea been brewing of putting on a race um that of this capacity and this magnitude and to support this level of of individuals um, since we started Real Runners of Atlanta podcast, okay, that was that was that was an idea that originated uh, very very early on. Okay, and it was just kind of more so talking to different people, saying, "Hey, who's going to be on?" And of course, Tess is the race director of Atlanta that we know. So yeah, I think what happened was really early on when we first started doing interviews with some of the leaders of sort of the regional or, or national or international run groups, we found some similarities in in the issues that they were facing mm-hmm. as far as um, exposure or um, getting access to to different things in the racing community in the road racing world. 
And so early on, noticing that everyone faced those same problems, it, it almost became obvious the question asked itself, which is why I don't like to take credit for it because I think it's a question everyone has asked, um, which is that, now why don't we just do it ourselves? Um, I think that's just an intuitive question that most people within our running community have asked themselves at, at some point. So true. And Tess, for you, like, when did you, and I mean, of course, Tess, you've been putting on races for, for right. quite a while, but at when did it really start sticking in your mind? Like, hey, I want to do something bigger than, you know, because um, like you do a lot of 5Ks, you do your 10K, you do the ATL relay. Oh, good. I could name races forever um, about the ones you put on. But um, what hit, when did it, when did you start really thinking in your mind, I really want to do a race um, that, that goes beyond just running. It's more about community and that sort of thing. All right. Well, um, you know, I was honored to be one of the guests on the Real Runners of Atlanta. And, you know, I had listened to podcasts leading up to my um, opportunity to be a guest, and I heard them ask that question. So, you know, that seed was kind of planted, you know, again, with my race direction experience. Um, you know, to me, it I put on races that, you know, that draw um, people from all over the, the city, Um I'm very proud that, you know, the, the races that I put on typically draw a higher percentage of African-American runners, and I think that's because we're the, we just like to support our own. And, you know, I am I'm very um, honored for that. So when I was a guest on the show, um, they asked me the question, and my, my response was, let's do it, you know. So, um, you know, everything has a time and a place, and I knew, you know, kind of discussions need to be had, and when we um, – when the when we had the uh, summit, um, the Southwest um, South Fulton Running Partners Summit panel, um, we continued those conversations after, and you know I'm I'm very much so I don't like to just talk about things too long. I mean, we're gonna do it, or we're not gonna talk about it anymore, y'all. So um, I was you know asked if I could put together a plan of action and kind of take the lead on it from a production standpoint, um, and here we are, you know, um, I'm, it was just a, a great honor. And, um, I take a lot of pride in being, being at the forefront of putting this event on, but at the same time, this is absolutely not possible without the support of the entire running community. Um, and, and the enthusiasm of the running community, you know, that's one of the reasons why the Kickstarter campaign was, was a great way to launch this because, if, if people weren't interested in it and didn't back the race, then there would be no race because Kickstarter is an all-or-nothing platform. Um, so I love the the idea that, hey, if you guys want to see this happen, we don't have a route, we don't have a location, we don't have a – I think we had a date. That was all we had. Right. <laughs> but we need you to put your registration fees up mm-hmm. <laughs> as a pledge. And if we can get to, you know, I think our, our goal was 60000 then we'll, we'll move forward. So um, – you know, taking it from from a dream to doing was was all just about timing. Awesome. So, being that you are the race director, Tess, will you be getting any kind of running in on the race day, or are you just going to be behind the scenes making sure everything's running smoothly? I would love to be able to run on race day, but the more stuff that I think about, like, I mean, this this event, and and this is not a complaint by any means, but this literally is like mind-consuming work, you know, just making sure, because, I mean, I want it to be amazing. Right. You know, we got people from coming all over the country. You know, this isn't just people waking up in Cobb County driving down for, <laughs> this is like 
people got flights booked and hotels mm. and right. got to get babysitters and getting the mamas to run. like this is like i feel like a lot of responsibility here so right um you know the only way i can see myself running is if no i ain't gonna be running i even thought about i even thought about running like the takeoff to like my one and just cheering for a while like but man what happens if you know Something. the first 5k <laughs> finisher finishes in 15 minutes and i'm not gonna be back there so right um but we might do like a committee run maybe the you know a couple weeks before or something like that i do want to earn my medal though because i'm getting the medal right. i was gonna ask Darrell, are you gonna run Darrell, are you gonna come win are you gonna, are you gonna come, come win, win it? this thing what are you doing Darrell? well no even i will not be running but even if i did run i would not be winning because we have some phenomenal running okay. runners that are coming out that are faster than i am <laughs> faster than you okay well, you know Darrell is very modest yeah so yeah. um yeah, I think that was his model, modest pitch okay. he just gave. Okay. We'll let him have it, though. So, and, and Tess, <laughs> and you, 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 you segued that perfectly when you said it's not just people waking up in Cobb County, Tucker, Georgia, just getting up, coming to run, and just going to go home. You got people taking flights. So with that said, Tess, if you could give us a bird's eye view of what the weekend is going to look like for somebody that's coming from out of town or just coming from Tucker, Georgia, what does the weekend look like as far as, you know, expo, surrounding events, that sort of thing? Ah, yes. So a very exciting weekend plan. And this is, as Darrell said, a weekend event. This is not a half marathon on October 13th. That's the date of the race itself, but it's a full weekend of events. So we kick off on Thursday night, October 11th, with a VIP event. So we had um, about 400 of our Kickstarter backers that pledged at the VIP level. Um, I think there's still maybe about 100 VIP opportunities through active registration. Um, but we're going to throw a kickoff party. There'll probably be um, some special presentations there. Um, we're going to have a, a live music, some food, a cash bar. Um, almost got the location pinned down, so I don't want to say it just yet. But, um, but it's going to be an amazing um, kickoff night. Um, so that's Thursday night. And then... Friday from 11 to 7, we're going to have our Health and Wellness Expo, and that's going to be an Impact Event Center, Impact Church. Um, we're basically taking over their entire property um, and turning it into race headquarters. Um, so when you arrive at the expo, you're going to have an opportunity to um, pick up your pa- your packet, of course, um, um, shop some of the small businesses and then also we'll have some of the running specialty businesses but this is not going to be your typical expo with you know all just running stuff we want to really support the community and get some of the businesses that are in the communities out there we're going to have a speaker series and we're also going to have a fitness um speaker series if you will on the outside those of you who uh, from atlanta have ever been to impact they got a beautiful outdoor campus as well and we want to utilize the entire space. So oh, wow. that will be Friday. And then we'll end the expo around 7 so that, you know, folks can wind down, go back to their hotels or um, wherever they're staying for the weekend. And then the race itself is on Saturday morning at 7 a.m., um, the 5K um, and the half marathon. Uh, we'll have um, the uh, – First, I think we're going to have three or four waves, and the 5K wave will be the last wave that should go off. Um, we'll have the finish line open for three and a half hours. Um, definitely some great entertainment. We're going to have the hypest finish line that you have ever experienced coming down the chute. 
Um, we have the vision of having like all the different um, run groups that want to represent their run groups and clubs and cities, whatever you want to represent, kind of lining the finish line as you come down the chute. Um, cheer stations all throughout the course in the different neighborhoods. Um, so just a great experience. Um, and then uh, Saturday, at, like rest of the day, we we want to leave time and opportunity for um, different um, local groups to be able to plan, you know, breakout events or host mm-hmm. events. So we don't have anything official that the race is sponsoring for Saturday, but Sunday morning will be our community service. Um, we're going to have a race-wide community service project that we want all of our runners to participate in. That's going to be amazing. Um, different um, areas all over the metro Atlanta area. And then the conclusion of the weekend is actually going to be a huge block, block party that will be um, sponsored and, and supported by Lululemon. So we're really excited about that. And this is actually the first time I've said that publicly. So you guys get the exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. Um, so, um, you know, just a little bit on that, Lululemon is actually um, going to be hosting a series of block parties um, called Celebrate Atlanta, still kind of under the, in the planning stages, mm-hmm. but they, they purposely are putting the October block party on the race weekend to support our community engagement. So oh. we are extremely excited about that. Yeah, awesome. And it's, it's ain't no party like a Lululemon party, so we're, <laughs> we're very 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 um grateful for their support of um this this initiative so um so that's the weekend and you know we hope that people could come take you know thursday friday and monday off if you can mm-hmm. if you can afford to do all that <laughs> and just come and enjoy all of what we have to offer for you well it sounds exciting that mm-hmm. sounds like something i can't wait to be involved in right. um as far as enjoying that weekend and since Darrell's not running the half, I'm going to give it my best shot to win it. So. Hey, I wouldn't count him out. You know how Darrell does. Yeah. Darrell just going to show up. You know who he, he is. He going to, like, have on. Because Darrell is, like, the quick change artist. Because Darrell has finished races that everybody else is dressed in sweat. The and next time did, I see Darrell, he's all clean. At the finish line he's with like, jeans yeah, on. Yeah, I was. I just I finished, and I just went and, you know, had some some uh, baby wipes in the car exactly. and cleaned up a little bit. So Darrell's he's had quick his change. protein bar. Exactly. Right. He is all set. He's a quick I'm change out there still artist, struggling. So right. He can show up in one thing, and then the next thing I know, he's in front of me in the half marathon. Now, okay, so the bird's eye view of the weekend sounds Amazing. wonderful. What what kind of um, and I know you're you're taking the show on the road, and you want to kind of tell us where you're going. Are you what kind of uh, reception are you getting when you're outside of Atlanta for the race? Oh man, it's been great. Um, just meeting people um, in different cities. So we we have visited. Um, we went to New Orleans. Um, we went to D.C. Uh, we went to Montgomery for the so I went to Montgomery Relay, and it was cool. Like the, the best part was just having people like walk up to us with their shirts on. <laughs> that's that's the coolest thing. And it, it's the best when it's people you you don't know. So I mean, when you are starting to meet people that you don't even know, even like on Facebook, that's when you know your message is getting out there. Um, so that's been great and um, we're looking forward to visiting some other cities Um, Chicago and New York are definitely on the list we want to try to get to the Carolinas Um, I know that's very vast but uh, you know we got to figure out where exactly to go in Carolina where we can reach um, reach most people so if you got Carolina listeners let us know where where you want us to come and we basically just um, set up a meet and greet try to get with some of the locals in that city 
and to help us pick a, a location where we can meet and greet folks and answer questions and spread the word about the race and bring a friend that maybe hasn't heard anything. Um, and, you know, another thing, too, with runners in general, you get a lot of folks who are skeptical about inaugural races, and I understand, you know, um, you know that's an investment that you make. Um, but this race doesn't happen without the support, the massive national support of our community. So um, if you were ever going to take a chance on an inaugural race, this is the one to support. So awesome. So we're excited to, to keep spreading the word. Yeah, definitely. So what is right now for people that have not registered, what is the cost of the race and where do they, where can they go to register? So it, it's $75 to register. That has been the opening registration price and we kept it at the opening price and it will not go up until August 1st. Okay. So we purposely wanted to give everyone a long time to find out and then make the decision to register. You will not find a discount code. There's no comp code, no discount code for this race. And that is purposeful. Everyone will pay their registration fee in this inaugural year. I've already paid my registration fee. Everyone has I have paid, paid my so. registration fee. Right. Yep, everybody has paid. <laughs> yes. So there's no discount. Mm-hmm. So my, my discount seekers, you want to go find one out there. Right. So get registered. Now, so, but do... it will remain $75 until um, August 1st. Perfect. Okay. And that, that's, that's for the full, I mean, for the half. For the half. Okay. And the, the 5 is only $25. Okay. So. Awesome. And does something... that go up at the same time? Uh, I think the half marathon price increase schedule might be a little bit, like, I think it goes up $10 every month after that or every, it, 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 it does an aggressive increase up to race day. So gotcha. we figured we gave everybody seven months to register right definitely yeah so go ahead and register guys go ahead and get it in there it's been on my calendar for a long time now (laughs) now i do have a question like darrell i saw um that and and like you said you guys have done the the preview runs i did see where you had david henry do the speed durance that was kind of connected with you all darrell do you have Uh anything that you're going to do because I mean, Darrell, you are—I I joke with you saying that you're prof- you're the professor, but your knowledge of running—I mean, you—you you should be coaching. I definitely believe that. Mm-hmm. But do you have anything planned to to add to like as far as like the preview runs, the speed endurance, that kind of thing, to help toward the training of it? Are you going to put anything out? No, not from a training perspective. I've been writing the neighborhood recaps, uh, so just covering the historical piece. Because okay. uh, another element that I wanted is is when people come, whether you're local or coming from outside of the city, um, oftentimes we just come and we just run along a course. We don't even pay attention to the mm-hmm. street. We kind of get that tunnel vision to finish the race. Uh, but we were intentional about people wanting people to understand uh, the history of the street that they're running on and what the names of these streets mean, the names of the parks, the names of the school. So um, I've really been focused on covering that aspect of it i have come out i come out and have come out to every single community run um but not from a training perspective uh because the way i approach my my training and my running is just honestly not for everybody uh i don't think it would it would lend itself well to training other people to 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 approach it the way i do so normally anytime i come out to a group i try to just socialize with the group get to know people speak to people more so than um than approaching it from a training perspective i understand but i i appreciate i appreciate the the compliment and you saying i should coach 
Darrell, I mean, I you, look up to you, Darrell. You're awesome. Well, like, see, <laughs> when you look at Darrell, do you not think this guy came out the womb running? Something. Like, do you, but, but his story? Exactly. Though? That's like, my point. <laughs> It's because, the, Darrell, when you, you did a throwback mm-hmm. once of that first race you did, I think it was the MLK, um, and I think it you had a... the MLK. Yeah, yeah, I think you threw up a picture, and I remember, I was literally, my jaw dropped. Mine too. I was like... I had no idea. This must be Darrell's cousin. Who right. is this? And, you know, <laughs> to see where you came from mm-hmm. to where you are now is just phenomenal to me and it makes any it made me go oh i can run too i mean that's right. really how i felt and i know to do that you had to have a lot of knowledge about reading about running mm-hmm. learning about running so that's why i call you the professor that's how i know you'll be very good at you know well, you teaching know, other people to, to take your route right well you know when darrell and i did the vlog last year going to chicago i was like low-key trying to ask questions like <laughs> give me some intel i know we're a little different but give me a little intel on what you do i was asking and some you know low-key questions but yeah it is definitely amazing Darrell for you and I and I, I pick on you about being modest but I think I definitely respect your humbleness um, in regards to where you have come and you know from where you were and just being able to do everything that you do and you as well Tess just being able to be a race director you're very humble about your work as well and what you do and being able to put on an amazing event so definitely look up to the both of you guys now well, Thank I you. appreciate, I appreciate that, that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, a, great. Y'all are great. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's definitely really cool being able to interact with, with Durrell. Um, you know, he's he is what you see and what you get, and, you know, he's very passionate. Um, and Durrell, I, I will say that I appreciate the fact that, you know, your number one priority is getting to know people and not trying to tell everybody what to do and running. We got enough of those in the running. <laughs> you wearing the wrong shoes. So, you know, <laughs> Yes, there are plenty. For sure. All right, now that we finished with the love in. Okay, so (laughs) even though we all gonna support the soft stuff. (laughs) We're going to support the race. People support, you know, people support race for totally all kinds of reasons. You know, we're going to have people come out. But one thing I have found is regardless of how good your intentions are for your race, if you do not put on a good event, people will complain. So let's let's get into the race stuff. So for the age group of 50 to 55, what kind of award are you going to give me if I, if I win my age group? Say when you win. When, 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 first, second, or third, whatever. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of awards are you giving for age groups? Are you guys going to have age group awards? That sort of thing. Wait, I forgot you just turned 50, Tommy. Dang. Yeah, I'm old. Really? Old. Man, I was like, why is he asking? I was like, really, like, why is he asking about 50-year-olds? And I was like, wait, that's right. He's 50, yes. I am 50. Um, This is all I can say. You know, as you all have alluded to, I have put on my fair share of races. I know this is a big race. Um, We will not disappoint on awards. So that's all I can tell you right there. Will there be an award for top? We will do age group awards. So, yes, we will do five-year age group awards all the way up to, I think, we'll do 75 plus. Okay, gotcha. So, there will, and we will have, um, we actually will have um, small, very small, humble cash prizes for our top finishers as well. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Putting out the money. We're going to get some kids. Dust it off. Dust those knees yeah, off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Let me, let we'll we'll give just enough so they can register next year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Get registration for next year. Congratulations. Um, so okay. there will be a next year. That's great. I think, actually, I'm going to put my request in for an award for top podcast. 
So whoever the first yes. podcaster to finish, <laughs> even though I probably can't beat Derek Oxley, he would probably actually probably beat me anyway. Um, Darrell would not be in it. The, the, uh, Real Runners is no longer around, so Darrell can't run as a podcaster. Mm -hmm. But I think you need to have top Could podcaster like award. There you go. <laughs> well, you, in there, you, know, Tommy. you know, Allison's coming down. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. Uh, that's what you need to be worried about. Well, right the ladies there. will be beat, right? I'll definitely be beat. Lord. Okay. Well, okay. So my, my, my next question is also, okay, and I think you did allude to the charities. What charities are you guys uh, getting involved in this as well? Oh, goodness. I don't remember all the names offhand. Um, <laughs> Lift organization. Um, so other thing I'll add in, too, is that each of these um, – charities that we have selected um they are also contributing to the race just by being there um we've uh held some of the meetings in their facilities so again the theme of this whole project is that we don't want to just come in come out and drop a check we really want to impact the communities that we're in and not just financially with a check at the end of the race but we are literally there in all of these months leading up to it, um, the, the people in these neighborhoods, the charities uh, in these neighborhoods, they know us, we're already engaging. Um, but say, let's say the organizations that we're working with, we have um, List Organization, um, and that is Leading Initiatives for the Less Fortunate Together. Um, that is an organization that came to us from, uh, recommended by Ralph, actually, from South Fulton Running Partners. Uh, Lift organization and also Carry Steel Pits Home. Mm. Um, so those are both two uh, charitable organizations that uh, basically come directly out of the running community. Um, both of those are connected to South Fulton Running Partners. And then uh, the third would be Westside Future Fund, um, and that is an organization that is working to uh, working with the West Side of Atlanta, particularly since the new dome has been built. Um, to sort of counter the um, the gentrification efforts okay. that will, you know, storm through that area just to make sure that the people that already live there, the local communities, uh, benefit and are able to stay in the community and benefit from the new services that are coming through as these new businesses and new people start to flood into the area. Um, so those are, the, those are the three right there, Westside Future Fund, Lift Organization, and Carry Steel Pittsburgh. Well, guys, I, I have truly enjoyed speaking with you mm -hmm. about the race presented by the Unity Collective. Definitely. Is there anything else, either you, Darrell, or you, Tess, that you want to also add that you want to tell our listeners? Um, yeah, one thing I want to add, particularly about the race, is that um, I've heard people say that this is like a first um, time that an all-black group or something is putting on a race. I just want to make sure that everyone knows that that is certainly very far from being the truth. Um, there are many wonderful races that are currently being put on um, by African-American groups or individuals. Um, the unique factor about the race is that we are intentional about bringing together people from various black running organizations, various walks of life, um, coming together not because they have to, because like you've already alluded to, Tessa's, Tess puts on however many dozen races on her own. So it's not like she needs to team up with all of us, but just bringing us together so that we can, you know, cooperatively we become stronger than we are individually. So it's really an example in showing what co cooperative economics looks like. We come together, how much bigger 
could it be if we put a little bit of ourselves aside so that we can grow the we aspect of it? Um, and then the second part is how intimately ingrained we want to be in the community in which we're running through. And again, I, I can't stress that enough. So many, so many other races, the race takes place on this particular day, and then that's it, you know, until the next year. We are, we are embedding ourselves into Southwest Atlanta um, year-round. And so we put a focus on not only being there year-round, but building an event that's sustainable. Because it's easy to do one big event and have it be a success but how can we set up a foundation so that year after year, this is something that grows so that when we're old and not running anymore, our kids are running in the mm -hmm. 80th running of the race saying to themselves, man, my, my dad or my granddad, my grandma was there at the first race. I remember when they planned this thing that's now changing the landscape um, of, of not only runners in the neighborhood, but the neighborhood itself. Mm -hmm. Because really what this is, is it, it gets to the heart of, a health crisis. It gets to the heart of community. People speaking to each other, knowing to each, knowing each other. Uh, there's no more intimate way to get to know a neighborhood than to actually get through it on your own two feet. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. amazing. Just when we do our community runs, the people that see us, how they speak to us, how we speak back to them. You know, we live in a city where half these neighborhoods don't even have sidewalks, so neighbors don't know each other. Right. Just to be able to move through a neighborhood on foot and, and interact with it and know its history and play a part in, in in its future, that's that's what's special about the race. Thank amen. You. Thank right. you. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even know what to Let say following say up from that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and um, I'll pass, just, pl pass the plate. Pass the plate. <laughs> I'll just quickly add. Um, first of all, I just want to thank Tommy. I just want to thank you, Indy. I want to thank you because you two have been excited and and pu very publicly using your platform to support this event. Um, and it wasn't by any urging or anything. I mean, I think time, I think you were talking about the, the, the race when we were during our Kickstarter. And I just thank you guys for that because, you know, you could have easily did a wait and see type of thing and you were, you got right behind it with just the basic information. So I appreciate that. Um, we appreciate that because it takes, it's going to take our entire community supporting this for it to be what we want it to be and what we need it to be. Um, and then I also just say that, you know, this experience, you know, just these this six months um, has just, I've just learned so much about the communities, um, just about our running community. And I'm just so encouraged to, to put together an event that everyone can be proud of. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no one run club at the forefront of this event. Um, you know, someone asked me the other day, you know, how come, you know, you don't talk about running there? I'm like, I mean, it's not about running there. It's not about black girls run. It's not about black men run. It's not about South Fulton. It's about us. everything Doral just said. That's what it's about. Um, so, you know, you're, you're not going to see us, you know, pumping our chest with anything but the race and what it's all about. So um, I'm excited for the journey. I'm excited for the day, the days. And I'm definitely excited for the legacy that we're going to create with this event. Well, I, I'm definitely excited. I'm very happy that you guys took time out of your evening. I know yes. you both are very, very busy. I'm sorry, very busy people. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for taking time out of your evening to speak with us about the race. Yeah. Um, India, you got anything to add? No, I think you said it well and continue to inspire, guys. Y'all are awesome. So y'all are inspiring and doing everything that we all need. And as runners from runners to runners, thank you.
right. And likewise, y'all are kicking butt with this podcast. Thank you, thank you. Yes, from the father it's of the tough. podcast. Right, from the father of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we all stop remember those days sitting up on Facebook Live and watching, right? Exactly. <laughs> all right, Good guys. Time. Good time. Well, once again, thanks for thanks for speaking with us. Y'all have a great evening, okay? All right. Thank you, thank right. you guys. Once again, I'd like to thank Tess and Darrell for taking time out of their evening. Oh, that was such a great interview. Amazing. That bird's eye view of what that weekend's going to be really made me excited to uh, to go. I've already signed up. I've already registered. But if you haven't registered, please take the time. Go to active.com, the race put on by the, the Unity Collective. You don't want to miss this weekend, guys. Like, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be epic. And I just can't wait either. Like, I'm so excited. I wish it was, like, next weekend or something, even though I'm not race ready. Exactly. I'm not race ready, so (laughs) no, I don't want to be next I'm just excited about the buzz and everything that's going on about it. It's it's just going to be an epic weekend. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, Before we go, though, I did want to say congratulations to uh, the Venoms. They went up to Chicago, um, defended one of their titles. They came in first, I think, in the Male Masters. Yes. And they came in second in another oh, category. Was I mean, it overall? overall? Okay. Mm-hmm. And they came in second. So they if came. We're wrong, sorry. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I saw the pictures. It looks like they kind of changed up because I don't think Philip was there. He said he had something to do that weekend, mm-hmm. so he wasn't up there. But I know Regina was still there, of course. You know, um, Ed, the, the, C, uh, the CMO, he was oh, up there. Right. It was really nice to see them go out and defend their title. So I, was, I hope they really enjoyed themselves up there in Chicago. Yeah, they pulled some and the new Ragnar. tricks out of the hat, but they still definitely do what they have to do. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to somebody on that team to find out uh, what really went down. There's always a backstory yes, to those Ragnars. It's always yeah, behind the Ragnar. Like, no, or get, almost yeah. getting disqualified. I mean, you Something, know. Yeah. But yeah, we, that's, we should, that should be a show, Behind Ragnar. Mm-hmm. Like, behind the scenes. of What's really, what's really going on at the Ragnar. In, mm-hmm. What's going on in the vans? Maybe we put up a little cam in the van yes. um, to go over what's going on in, in behind the Ragnar. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, once again, this is Tommy Mitchell and, and India Cook. We are the running duo. If you want to contact me, I'm tmitch68 at Instagram or thomaswmitchell2 at Gmail if you want to email me. And I am India, excuse me, India Cook on Facebook and an eye of Indigo runs on Instagram and then miles from India at Gmail if you would like to email me. And we are the, the run, run duo. duo. See y'all next week. Bye, guys. Uh, I'm sorry. The week after next. I'm yes, sorry. Yes, you know. <laughs>